Hello, and thank you for joining us today on Loved Ones in the Loop. My name is Jess Dutel, and I serve as the Director of Student Life and Community Impact here at Plymouth State University. And I'm Kyle Hasbacker, the Associate Director of the New Student Experience. I oversee all things orientation and new student programming. And we're really excited in this podcast to have continued conversations with you all that we started during our orientation this past summer about how you can support your student as they embark on this new journey. Perfect. Welcome to Loved Ones in the Loop. Hi everyone, today we are gonna be chatting with Amanda Grazioso, the Director of Residential Life and Dining Services here at Plymouth State University. Uh, personally, I'm super excited to welcome Amanda to the show. She's been a great resource to students on campus, a great colleague for us. And fun fact, Amanda was actually my first boss here when I started at Plymouth State. Absolutely. It is so fun to connect with Amanda. And she is also a fellow parent. So she's got a little parenting experience to share, I'm sure. And today we're going to be talking about what to do when things go wrong with the roommate. How can you support your student from afar in navigating a roommate conflict? For sure. And conflicts will happen that first year, you know, for a lot of students, this is their first time having to share a space and that they have to maintain and keep clean and, you know, monitor the hours that they're awake and when they're sleeping. It's a lot to manage in the beginning. Yeah, hopefully clean, but a warning for all those parents and family members out there that the rooms are not always clean. So if you come for a surprise visit, be fair warned. You might be walking into a less than clean space. All part of the college experience. That's right. And speaking of the college experience, as always, we will give my mother a little call, see what she's doing today and see if she has any words of wisdom what to do when your student is in conflict with their roommate. Hello. Hi, mom. It's Jess. How are oh, you? Hi, Jessica. How are you? Good. I'm here with Kyle. We're calling in from our podcast. So we have a couple questions for you today. You ready? I'm ready. Um, go go okay. for it. Do you have any advice for students who are having conflicts with their roommates and how to communicate with them? That is a great question, Kyle. That's a great question. I can't say that my daughter had any conflicts because she didn't. She had lovely young women that shared a room with her. And then, then she, she had lovely accommodations. And so it was never a problem. Rob, Rob had a roommate. I remember he had a little bit of trouble with. Oh, yes. That's, first of all, that was in Plymouth State University. But um, yeah, that was kind of. I let your father handle that. That was beyond me. I, I just couldn't take it. But it it, it ended nicely. The, the guy uh, understood Rob's feelings. And then you got to talk it out. He's They've come a long way. We did. So thanks so much for chatting today, mom. Love you. Oh, love you too, honey. You have a good day. Enjoy yourself. Bye-bye. We are so excited to be joined today by Amanda Gracioso, who serves as our director of residential life and dining services here at Plymouth State. Welcome, Amanda. Thanks, Jess. Kyle, excited to be here to talk about... Um... I guess what what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real in the <laughs> yes. residence halls to coin a favorite reference. Yeah, <laughs> a real world uh, 90s MTV reference. 
You know, I like to, to cut loose a little bit. Exactly. Absolutely. Is now a good time, Kyle, to let our listeners know that you are a huge Big Brother fan? I am a huge Big Brother <laughs> fan. Um, one of these years, I'm going to be on that show, hopefully. Um, Amanda, we're hoping you can start off by telling us a little bit more about residential life and dining services, what exactly that encompasses here and what your role is with it. Sure. So initially, um, many folks seem to think that, you know, residential life, okay, that's where my student's going to live, dining services, that's where they're going to eat. And at a very base level, that's that's true. That is where they will where they will sleep, where they will, will eat the majority of their meals um, while they're here in Plymouth, their home away from home for the next year or four. Um, but we take it a lot further than that and try to focus on their sense of belonging in and around the residence halls, their sense of self. Um, what, it, it, they do a lot more than eat and sleep. And students are spending, you know, two thirds of the time outside of the classroom. And a lot of that's going to be where they are living. Um, you know, over the past few years, some of them are, are learning academically right from their classroom that or from their bedroom that may only be a couple yards from their classroom. Um, but they're also learning about themselves, learning about others, learning how to be in this world. So um, the residential experience really fosters that in partnership, certainly with the student life experience, with all other outside of the classroom um, opportunities. So would you say we are a residential education program and want to help develop the whole student through our habits of mind experience, we just reframe those learning outcomes um, for residential experience. Um, Amanda, I'm yes. so excited about that. I'm sorry to cut in, but <laughs> I think it's really important for our listeners, for families to recognize how college, absolutely, it's about the academic learning that takes place in the classrooms, but it is also about that more holistic experience. And it's about, like you're saying, personal growth and personal development and applying what students are learning in a classroom setting to co-curricular experiences. And um, so that has everything to do with how we move through the world and deciding, you know, that sense of being, not just perhaps focusing on post-graduation and what kind of career path I'm going to take, but really, who am I? What are my values? How do I represent and reflect that in the world? And so something that I really treasure about you and our Res Life team in general is really taking that approach and understanding that students are not just living in the res halls and eating the dining hall, but they're learning and growing. And that's an important perspective to take. For sure. I mean, it's always interesting. So prior to my current role overseeing orientation new student programming, Amanda actually gave me my first job at Plymouth State University <laughs> as a community director. So that's one of the live-in professionals in the residence halls. And during my years in that role, I was always in a first-year residence hall. And it was always such an interesting thing to watch them, you know, from August move-in day all the way through to the end of the year, just that transition and the shift from students who are bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and so excited to, you know, test their freedoms a little bit, living on their own, to at the end of the year really understanding what that means. And that really does come back to the residential education that Amanda and the Residential Life team spend so much time focusing on through so many different avenues. But I think one of the biggest things that people learn in that first year living in the residence halls 
happens pretty organically in terms of this is the first time for so many students that they're living with someone else in the shared space. A lot of our students have never had to share a room before. Some of them have, and that's great. They're usually super successful with this. But those who haven't, sometimes that can be a real struggle and adjustment, you know, to go from having, being able to separate yourself at any time and have some alone time to this person is going to be with you 24 seven, you know, <laughs> through the, through the good times and the bad. And so it's naturally that leads to conflict sometimes. And looking to you, Amanda, to see if you have any words of wisdom for our listeners, our parents and families and other loved ones listening on how they can support their student through that inevitable first conflict with their roommate. Sure. Happy to. And, and I think inevitable is, is key. Um, in any relationship, there's going to be fantastic moments and there's going to be times of challenge. And, um, you know, before we started talking, you know, Jess made a comment about she and her husband. And, and I often joke with my own that, man, I wish someone sat us down and had this roommate mediation, roommate uh, agreement conversation <laughs> before we moved in together, because maybe we wouldn't argue about, you know, when the music has to get turned down or, you know, when maybe it's time to go to bed. So um, I think that uh, you're right. So this is inevitable. There will be conflict. And it's a matter of how we set our students up for success to handle that and what are the mm -hmm. supports we put in place. So at this point, if you're listening right as this, you know, this session episode is airing, your student's been on campus for a few weeks now. They moved in. Hopefully they had some communication before they moved in, figured out who's bringing the fridge, who's bringing the microwave. They've set up their space. Um, and we're coming to the end of that honeymoon phase when, of course, what's mine is yours. Share it all. Do what you want in the room. No, you can have the music going. Um, that starts to wear off as the academic rigor of the semester starts to begin. The first, first week or so, it, it's often kind of a slow start. Um, but as students start to get into their routines, that's when they start start noticing maybe things that aren't so um, enjoyable about their roommate or roommates. Um, and while this, I guess, is geared really to new students, um, it isn't limited to new students. Um, more often than not, we hear from sophomores and juniors and other students, and even once they are no longer living on campus, that things start to you know, maybe without a facilitated conversation about expectations and boundaries, they kind of forget to have that conversation. So um, at this point, all students, all residential students should have been introduced to roommate agreements. Um, and it, probably at their first floor meeting, the night they moved in with their community advisor. And the purpose of roommate agreements is just that, it's to promote residential students' communication skills, to connect roommates, to encourage a positive experience while sharing a space. Um, we try to structure that opportunity so they can get acquainted, set some ground rules, and really just start that relationship off on the right foot. And through experience, and, and this is, uh, you know, I've been working with college students in this type of capacity for over 18 years. So, you know, years and years ago, we would start those off day one. Hey, let's, let's get together with the roommate. But it's too early. They need to get a sense of who they are living away on their own um, before they can really think about how they're going to live with someone else. So so they've been introduced through mid-September or so. Students are completing a self-assessment. What's important to them in their room? What is important to um, them as, as it relates to communication and 
sharing items, when guests can be there, what their quiet hours will be. Is it okay to have, you know, are they the social hub of the floor or are they a quiet sanctuary where they can come back and go socialize elsewhere? So it's important for students to think about that on their own. Over the next few weeks, so into the end of September, they're going to have a conversation with their roommate about what they've completed on their own self-assessment. Um, in our first-year areas, so for our, our new first-year students, their CA, so the community advisor, that older student living on the floor, helping build community, they're going to facilitate that conversation. Um, we know it's awkward. We know it's hard to talk about boundaries and expectations, um, So, but we believe in the importance of that. So the CA will be that they're fully trained in that initial conversation. Um, they have access to those self-assessments. So they know going in, oh, hey, you know, they, these, these kind of align. This might be pretty easy or, oh, all right. We are at opposite ends of the spectrum on all aspects. <laughs> Take a deep breath. Let's see how this goes. Um, so they facilitate that and then can can renegotiate that as the year goes on. If roommates change, we're gonna sit down and do that again. If um, you know expectations change, they can review those. So for our upper division students, our sophomores, juniors, um, students that have transferred in, they're gonna do a self-assessment and a roommate agreement as well, but we expect them to facilitate those on their own. They've had the opportunity of a facilitated conversation in their first year, um, and expect them to do that on their own. So if there's, you know, four students living in an apartment, we're hoping that they're sitting down and setting some expectations. Who's going to clean the kitchen? Who's going to, you know, what are what does grocery shopping look like? Um, and those things may change a little as they go on and kind of um, continue their experience. That said, a CA would be available to facilitate that if they want. Um, we know that, uh, Sometimes friends all living together is a great experience, but sometimes it's harder to address boundaries and conflict um, with someone that you already have a relationship with. Um, so yeah, see, again, a great, communication is key. For so sure. as in absolutely in any relationship, communication is key. And um it's a lot easier. And again, we have found over years and years of, of doing this, I'm sure Kyle remembers it from uh, his time over in, in Geneva Smith for a few years. And, uh, you know, we were reflecting on our own roommate experiences when we were in college and some were great, some were not so great. Um, and really, I think any of the instances that may have occurred, communication early and often is going to kind of nip that in the bud. So yeah. We know it's uncomfortable. It is hard to say, hey, you know, I don't mind if you share this, you know, my my cereal or my snacks or my water, but can you let me know if you take the last one? Or I don't mind if your partner spends the night, but can you give me a heads up in, in advance? So if I choose to spend the night somewhere else, you know, I have that opportunity to do so. Um, so that some of those... Yeah, those conversations can be uncomfortable, but we find that it is most successful when they're addressed early on rather well, than I, letting things fester. I think a couple of things you said there were super important too is one thing I used to always tell students when I was living in the halls is your roommate does not need to be your best friend. Um, a lot of times the most successful roommates are not best friends. They are friendly. They hang out together once in a while, but they get their space apart. 
those are the roommates that that I feel like you typically see that live together all four years because they have a rhythm, they have a balance and it works out really, really well. The other thing I think that you said that was so important too is the communication during the roommate agreement meeting. Um, when you're filling out that agreement, don't encourage your student. You don't want to be too agreeable at that point. I mean, say what you need to say, but don't feel that you need to say something that you think your roommate wants to hear during that meeting. That is the best time to be honest about how you foresee the year going. And if there's a little bit of disagreement there, that's a great opportunity to practice that conversation about how you're going to compromise and find resolution while the stakes are low and you're and you are still both happy and content with one another. So that way, if if there is that conflict later on, that conversation is a little bit more familiar and not trying to navigate new waters. So take that time, be honest in those meetings. And if you don't agree with something your roommate wants, say it then. Um, it's only going to help you in the long run. Yeah, that open and honest communication is so important. And not only for roommates, right? Like Amanda, you're saying, these are skills that are going to serve us well beyond college. They, that communication, conflict resolution, interpersonal skills certainly transcend their time with us. One theme that has really come out of these episodes, and of course, Amanda is a parent as well, my parent heart can certainly relate, is sometimes we tend to want to intervene and protect our students from struggle and pain. And so when you get the call, which many of you listening in will get, I'm struggling with my roommate. We can't agree on, you know, when lights go out, how loudly to listen to the music. For me, in my personal experience, sophomore year, I had a roommate who liked to pile her dirty laundry super high, like mount dirty clothes in the middle <laughs> of our room. And we are still dear friends to this day. But to have the courage and support your student in leaning into those uncomfortable conversations, instead of trying to intervene, calling Amanda right away and say, I need to switch my student out of this room ASAP. That actually affords your student if they can have those conversations and learn how to grapple with some of these conflicts that gives them the skills that will serve them well beyond their time here at Plymouth State so of course there will be circumstances that will result in switching rooms but whenever possible our res life team likes to help facilitate and moderate some of those resolutions because <laughs> it's about learning how to relate to others you know, I mean, for me, we talked about our partners, you know, love you, Brian, but there, our first argument was about um, him cutting raw chicken on my brand new wooden cutting board. And I was like, wait, what? So how do we reconcile, you know, different perspectives and how do we lean into those uncomfortable conversations and find solutions that we can both live with? Right. And just to your point, we in residential life, we want to resolve issues as quickly and efficiently as possible. We have processes to do that. And unfortunately, and, and it happens, it's not just first year families, it's often families of upper division students. I'll get a call of, hey, you know, this has been happening in my student's room for three months. It needs to be fit. I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, what have they done so far? Well, I'm calling you today. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Like, Yes, let's let's address it head on, see how we can fix it. At that point, we're often beyond having a conversation between the roommates and mediating something. Something's been going on and on and on. And, and often it starts as something pretty, um, I would say low level. I won't say trivial because it's important to the students at the moment. Maybe it's, you know, letting someone borrow 
you know, something in the room or having a guest without permission. And, th and that's not trivial. That is important. Um, but by the time we've gone a few months into it, it's, it's beyond the time of repair. So we only know what we know. So when your student calls to complain about their roommate, um, certainly listen to them, but encourage them to try and talk it out with their roommate directly. Again, we know this is hard for our students. Um, and I think it's hard. It's hard. I don't, I can't think of anybody that enjoys confrontation or conflict. Um, I think addressing something that makes you uncomfortable is going to be difficult for most people, but it only gets easier with practice. Um, and I think for our current students, it's hard to have a face-to-face -face conversation. Um, you know, if the way they initiate it with their roommate is a text or a snap and that, hey, can we talk later? I think that's okay. I think meeting, you know, how, whatever medium that takes for them, but to have that one-on-one -on -one connection um, about what's going on and address it early. They need help. That's where our CAs come in. So we have student staff, we train them on mediation and conflict and, and how to, to step in. They might role play that conversation with your student. Um, they might give some tips on, you know, keeping thoughts in order, going in with a list of concerns to, to keep their, um, their concerns um, prepared and ready, or to be there to facilitate that. Um, you know, we, we don't, um, I don't pretend to think that a conversation between two 18 year olds living together for the very first time is going to be easy when they're addressing something that they don't like someone else is doing. Um, so, so that is, that would be the, the first step is to encourage them to talk to their roommate themselves or to talk to the CA. Um, yeah. And I, and I think you made an important point that I was going to point out also is using the staff in the building for those resources, you know, like you said, practice the conversation. This is the first time you're having that conversation. So it's okay to not know how to start it or not know what to say. Um, use the building staff for that purpose. Talk it through with them because that's what they're there for. They want to, they would much rather have a practice conversation with you about how to address something with your roommate than going in and having to mediate a heated conversation or, you know, if it ever reaches a point where they're yelling and the CA has to join in. We hope it never gets to that point, but you know, if you push it off too long, sometimes the resentment builds up a little bit and we wanna avoid that as best as possible. Right, and beyond the CA, um, and, and Kyle alluded to this earlier, we do have professional community directors. They're full-time live-in staff. Their full-time job is working with your students, um, educating them, supporting them, challenging them, uh, holding them accountable, but they're there as a support. So if, if a conflict has escalated and it's beyond the capacity of the CA, they're going to tag their, their community director, their supervisor in, but the, your student can certainly go there directly. Um, hopefully at this point in the semester, they've at least met and interacted with their community director in some way. And, and that will just continue as the, the year goes on. There are, there are instances where situations can't be mediated. We understand that it is really hard for a Red Sox fan and a Yankees fan to live in the same space. And, uh, and certainly <laughs> situations far more serious than that. And sometimes it's just a matter of, hey, I've met somebody in my classes that I'm really connecting with and they have a space in their room. Can I go move there? 
we have a process for changing spaces when when that happens, whether it's a move of convenience, as we would say, you know, just go to move with someone they think they might connect with better. Um, or conflict has risen to um, the level that it just can't be resolved um, or compromise can't be found. When we get to that point, though, there there are options. And sometimes it might mean if if your student is the one that is having a hard time in the space, that they might be the one that needs to move um, and to make sure that folks are aware that you need to be open to options in order to to address and resolve conflict. And sometimes that does mean some inconvenience in, in the process, but we're gonna support all the way through. I will say though, even though that Yankee Red Sox pairing can be challenging and it is, it's also doable. I am married to a Red Sox fan. I personally am a Yankee fan. I'm originally from New York. We have two Yankee fan children and one Red Sox fan child. And so, you know, awkward moments for sure. Some tense <laughs> moments when the Red Sox are playing the Yankees, but we make it work. And again, these are skill sets that will serve students well beyond graduation. Amanda, do you have any final thoughts you want to share with us about roommate conflict and mediation? Um, I would say kind of some some final closing thoughts, really just to reiterate some that we've said. And Kyle, to echo what you shared earlier, roommates don't have to be best friends. And I think that once that is not the expectation, things get a lot easier. Um, if you, If students are expecting to be best friends, lifelong friends, you know, in each other's weddings years and years from now, that that doesn't necessarily set up for a successful relationship. If it happens, that's that's a bonus. Um, but we're going for respect, civility, communication, um, contentment and comfortability in their living space. Um, so that that is one that roommates don't have to be best friends. Um, I think sometimes when they are, that makes it harder. Uh, you need a little space from your friends sometimes. And then finally, you know, communication is key, whether it's positive communication or uh, addressing conflict, um, setting those boundaries, setting those expectations early on, and then revisiting them. Uh, things change when, you know, about having a guest when all of a sudden one roommate finds a partner on campus and maybe they're, hey, no guests overnight philosophy changes um, or, uh, you know, financial status of one roommate changes and they no longer have the ability to share their items like they used to. It's important to share those, um, those expectations as they change, as our students learn and grow. Um, you know, I look back on the person I was when I moved in my first year of college and by, you know, the end of that semester, I was a very different person. Um, and my expectations of roommates and others around me and myself had changed. So I think it's important to know that um, that agreement and those boundaries and expectations they set early in their semester are a living, breathing thing. Um, and hope that they they can use the skills that we're you know, teaching communication and problem solving and things that they're learning in the classroom, things they're learning through their clubs and organizations, through their community experiences that they can apply those to their roommate situation. Awesome. All said. Thank you so much, Amanda. We appreciate your time and we appreciate all the great work you and your teams are doing on campus. And like you said, cultivating that sense of belonging for our students. Great. Thank, Thank you.
that was such a fun conversation with Amanda. That was a yeah, great conversation. Amanda is always fun to talk to. Um, I love that she relates to our reality TV references. But hopefully your students don't have any super serious conflicts with their roommates this year. But if they do, please don't be afraid to reach out to the resources we talked about today. They are there to support your student. And we look forward to having you all listen to our next episode. That's right. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And we'll catch up with you next time. Have a great day.